0: my daughter goes mom 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 <laughs> i realize yes. i'm looking at some work email on my phone when i should be looking at her yes
1: welcome to life love and family digital heroin now that sounds like a frightening term and that's just saying that it alters our brain chemistry so much that we just can't get enough of it and like any other addiction is it hurting other things in my life no phone, no fun. i just want to See the feathers fly. No, no, no phone, no Technology. Sometimes it seems like it's controlling you. What do you do? How do I keep this balanced? Is somebody in your life just driving you crazy because they're always on their device? Hi, I'm Dr. Greg Chance, and we are going to talk about it today here on Life, Love, and Family. How do we find the balance? And to help me do that today, I have my technology friend, Present. That's yeah, a pretty scary title. <laughs> Who just said I'm going to turn my phone I'm going to turn off? Turn <laughs> my phone
0: off. I know how many times you know. I think when you said that, how many times have we been that person and not even been aware that we were that person? Yes. You try to be sensitive today as we're taking on the idea of tech addiction. I think addiction is such a big word. But to mm-hmm. a degree, we all have this kind of attachment to our devices into checking in. Is that something you're seeing more of now?
1: Yes. And now th- what we're talking about today tends to apply to all ages. We're going to call it a digital addiction.
0: So are you serious? At the center of Place of Hope, you actually have people in their 70s, 60s come in for technology addiction?
1: Or the overuse of technology and they're getting more depressed. So technology can be our friend. It's our connection to the world. It's our social. And so I can have more relationships online than I'll ever have in person. And I can be there and keep connecting with people over and over and feel like I've got a lot of close friends. Like the person that says, you know, I've got 500 friends on Facebook. And you do? You do? You have 500. So a friend on Facebook is just an acquaintance. <laughs> but what is a friend? We know that one of the areas that's fastest growing with Facebook users, if we could just use that as an example, are females eh, age 35 and plus because kids are leaving Facebook. What is it about women going to Facebook? What are they looking for? What would you say,
0: Sam? Love, affirmation, self-confidence, connection. connection.
1: Looking for a relationship. Mm -hmm. So we may turn, and here's one of the first danger signs, is we may turn to technology, online relationships, or social networking, in order to meet relationship needs. This is an area that I see is of increasing need. People who really are addicted to the digital world in an unhealthy way.
0: So how do you know whether it's unhealthy or not? If you are, like you said, a a female and you're checking in and you're looking for these connections and you're actually getting connections.
1: It's how much time you're spending. We know that it's always more time than we ever imagined. And then what are we doing with that time? Is it really time well spent? Now I'm all for connecting with family and friends and social media is a wonderful way to do that, but I can get lost in that. And as you know, one thing leads to the next and one click goes here and there and I get lost in a a world and time passes. So Mm -hmm. how much time am I spending? And like any other addiction, is it hurting other things in my life? The average teenager will spend, and this is just fresh off the press, a study in Oxford University. And they looked at 120,000 teenagers. And they say that they're spending an average of, they've clocked it down to the minute, 257 minutes a day on technology. You know, more than four hours. Now, here's the interesting. That does not include school. So if you're at school using a screen.
0: That's additional screen time. Yeah. What does that do to the brain?
1: Well, we know that for social media, if you're age 12 to 17, this is a particular age that's being looked at a lot right now with technology. So, for the most active time on social media is 10 p.m. to 2 a.m.
0: On a school night? Yeah. Mom and dad maybe don't even know?
1: They don't even know? Wow. And it's like the girl I did talk to who said she sleeps with her phone under her pillow. I said, why do you
0: sleep with your phone under your
1: pillow? She says, well, it's F-O-M-O, fear of missing out.
0: If you're a parent, it's an issue. If you're a grandparent, and even if you find yourself, like I do sometimes where where my daughter goes, Mom, 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 I realize yes. I'm looking at some work email on my phone when I should be looking at her. Yes, Tech addiction, if you just joined in, this is the thing we deal with more and more and on life love and family it's your place to get the help you need the center is a place of hope and we've got the phone number right here it's triple eight seven seven one five one six six.
1: if you have kids uh, they're a part of the probably the i generation they advent of we think of the iphone but where things really begin to change and you're playing catch up because you just moved into this new world but they were tethered with technology nearly from the day they were born and they're connecting to this in a faster different way now there are some real wins here some really sam positive things about technology but i gotta tell you there is there's a dark side there's a side that we've got to figure out what equates to balance There are some interesting studies being done right now because we all think we can multitask. And this is how to know maybe you might be in a little trouble. Multitask means I can do more than two things at the same time. Right, right. I want to be able to do them successfully. Sure. Sam, you're a you're a good multitasker. At least it Thanks. appears to me you yeah. usually are. And our kids sometimes are remarkable. If they're younger or grandkids, you may have, and you're going to notice as I did, and I'll remember the night how my oldest son was working on homework. He had the main computer screen, he had a laptop, and then he had a, a surface, a little a pad, and then there was a like a phone device where he would have his music and then there was the regular phone Mm. so i think we counted there was five things going on as a parent i asked the classic question aren't you supposed to be doing homework right and the answer was dad can't you see i am how can you do five you know you're texting people right you have all this going on how can you be doing homework with any success I decided to kind of let it ride. And uh, the next day, you know, when the exam was done, and, and he ended up doing fine, did good on the exam. Now, if you and I tried to do five different things and then we had to take a test the next day.
0: Not so much. Right. We need peace and quiet to study. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's so different. But it's it works for that generation?
1: So what we know is, and it's talked to, in terms of we're rewiring the brain. So the younger we are, our brain is getting more stimulation. Faster stimulation, and you know, we might have grown up where there was. Remember, Mister Rogers, and and do you remember everything moved real slow? Mm-hmm. Today, if there's an image on the screen on something a kid watches, it's probably what two seconds. Yeah, and and it's fast, yeah. and fast, and fast, flashy. fast. And flashy. Mm -hmm. So what's happened is that developing brain's getting overstimulated. And the overstimulation creates a brain that just wants more and more of that. We call it a craving brain. So if I don't have good boundaries or parameters around this, which means I'm limiting the time, I can really set my brain up just to want more and more and more. We know that the average age to exposure to pornography on the internet that kids run into, it used to be said around 10 Eh, it's probably 9, 10 now. So that's awfully young for a kid to be exposed to pornography, and that can be a beginning of a problem. So what's being called now digital heroin? Now that sounds like a frightening term. And that's just saying that it alters our brain chemistry so much that kids just can't get enough of it, can't get enough of the games. And we've got to have parameters or boundaries, guardrails around how much time and what it is we're doing online. So we have what's called a technology agreement. And that really says certain things and it's age dependent. But if your device isn't on the charger, you know, at a certain time, you're the parent, you decide, and the charger's in a certain place in the home and it's not in a bedroom, that you wouldn't have your device goes or away. your phone the next <laughs> yes, day. Yes. A parent should be involved in understanding what's going on in this digital world. What are the apps? What are the things that kids are doing and having conversation around it. The mom who asked me the question about her eight-year-old son, and she asked, she made a statement, why should I have his password? It's like the mom's belief was I'd be invading on his privacy. Mm -hmm. And so we were dealing with, now wait a minute, this is an eight-year-old boy and a phone is not really a phone. It's a mobile computer. And in a couple clicks away, it has access to things that you would not Want an eight year old to be exposed to, and you don't know the password like so. sending
0: your kid into the city without going with him. <laughs> you you need to know what's going on. It's huge. And there are battles. And I suppose as kids get older, too, I know my girlfriend was just saying yesterday, yes. um, she's always had her son's password and her fingerprint is on his phone. And, oh, he, yes. and he took her fingerprint off of it and changed Uh-oh. the password. And, and so they've had this discussion. The phone is gone. But it, it's as he's getting older, you know, now he's 13, there's more pushback. For that, because he says some of the things he wants to do, it's, you know, to be cooler and to be with the, do the things on Instagram that his peers think are really cool. And he says, she doesn't understand. And she said, oh, I do understand. (laughs) But the phone is going away. Are there more battles between parents and kids now about these kinds of things?
1: You've probably noticed that sometimes, maybe it's in a restaurant, you'll notice that a kid, a younger kid gets, or a toddler gets upset, and then they're handed something with a screen (laughs) as though they're being handed a pacifier. Then everything goes away. Everything is, the kid is happy. And then when it's time to take that away from them, they throw a tantrum. What are we teaching them? Or what are we doing? If they are unruly or upset, we hand them their pacifier, calm them down, right? How are we using technology in the home? That's a great question. By the way, we noticed that And this is where the research is important to look at. I use the term digital heroin, not original with me. There's a chemical in all of our brains called dopamine. It's that pleasure chemical. Dopamine, even when you exercise, you get a little bit of dopamine, you go, I feel good. Drugs manipulate the levels of dopamine in the brain generally. So we do know that a lot of that overstimulation is playing with the levels of dopamine, that chemical in your brain. So as that chemical is raised, it's more exciting. And so we want more and more stimuli to alter that chemical. And so there's a chemical reaction to all the stimuli that we're feeding or allowing our kids to be fed.
0: Beth saying, I'm sorry, but I need the TV to help keep my kids entertained. (laughs) I cannot constantly be entertaining them. I I feel guilty about it sometimes, but really, is there something wrong with doing this?
1: No. What is the content? And then what's the amount of time?
0: Okay, what's appropriate?
1: So it's always going to be more age appropriate. But if a kid is using, now that kids um, are spending the average beyond school work of, of that four hours a day on technology. So now if you're just spoon feeding a younger person that much time or mm-hmm. screen time mm-hmm. a day, we know that's not healthy.
0: You're
1: setting it up. Yes. There's we used an old-fashioned kitchen timer. You would turn the knob. <laughs> You know what are you doing to control the time? Uh, so very, very important.
0: Today on Life, Love, and Family, tech addiction is it causing any kind of ripples in your world, your kids, yourself? The center is a place of hope, a great place to find resources if you need them. Triple eight seven seven one five one six six. It's kind of scary because early in the show you said that our use of tech is rewiring our brain. Yes. Is that something that's reversible? Is it permanent? If this young generation is growing up and they're having this kind of—you called it the craving brain—sure, is that just a new feature of people, or is this something that can be changed and and kind of brought back to a more normal level? Sam,
1: I have a personal hypothesis or okay. theory: is <laughs> kids with unfettered amounts of time on technology and maybe some very intense and inappropriate engagement with their technology, and so now they're in middle school now. They're in high school, and they're living and breathing technology. They're just kind of craving more and more. It's like my brain wants more and more. So it's easy to seek out that stimuli. Maybe it's easy then to want to use drugs or alcohol. I just want to have more and more because I've really overstimulated myself.
0: What are some of the things you can do if you see your kids are in this or if you're worried that you might be going into the edge sure. of too, too much when it comes to tech? Hey, some simple
1: things. I mentioned a technology agreement. I must say there's lots of samples of these now online. Okay. If you Okay. Good. Just search technology agreements and boy, there'll be pages of those. So to give you an idea, so take and personalize and make something that fits to your family and decide you're going to be a good role model of this as well. But maybe what you need to do is sit down and create your own family technology agreement and we review it. We go over it and everybody signs it. So we are, do ours each year. In the new year, we have a file that says technology agreement and some are different now that they're older.
0: What kinds of things are on there?
1: Where your cell phone goes at what time about um, things like what's appropriate or inappropriate, Mm -hmm. what to do, uh, what's appropriate in communication and text messaging, how to select even what's an appropriate game, what to do if I'm over at a friend's house and there's some things that happen, how do I respond? So we want to cover all those kinds of things. Now, first, they may not agree to the agreement. It's something new, but begin to talk about it. The other thing I want you to look at is... As far as routines at home, so is there a time where we have to turn it off? And what times are that? Would well, you as a family decide that? In a one hour before bedtime, not to be exposed to what we call the blue light. The blue light is what gives our brain the trouble because it's stimulating. So we want to begin to take away that stimuli from what they call the blue light interference at least an hour before bed.
0: Alice has a question for you. Uh, as a mom, she says she's caught her twelve-year-old son looking at porn, and mm-hmm. she says, "How do I discipline him in a meaningful way about this? I don't want to shame him, but I know that this is something that you have to do something about. It could be a real problem someday if if I don't."
1: Well, I think we we make it safe or safer to talk about. We don't want to begin with shaming them and telling them how absolutely horrible or bad they are because then they're just going to grow more secretive with it. But we want to acknowledge for some, there's a natural curiosity, but it's how that's inappropriate. And what are the protections we put in place? We've used a whole program called Net Sanity. It's a program where uh, you can control Multiple devices, what apps are downloaded, what words are allowed. If a person wants to download something, it could send you a little notification that says, so-and-so would like to download the following app. Is this okay? And you can decide. So there's built-in filters that are really important to look at.
0: And back to earlier, when you talked about the mom who said, yeah, but I feel like I'm spying on my son. Is that a conflict for parents? And how did you guys bridge that?
1: Well, it's not spying. And the way I explain it is it's about protecting you from others. Mm -hmm. So we want to empower our kids. Look, this is not about you or that I can't trust you. This is about protection. This is about others and doing what's honorable and what is our, our family values.
0: What do you say to, especially like single moms, you know, as you're trying to talk to sons about some of this stuff, and I think at a teenager age, they reach this point where they're not listening. <laughs> is, is, is there? There's a natural break between boys and moms yes. at that age. How do you take care of the tech thing in a way where you show him respect, but you're still and making I, sure that he's protected?
1: And I want us to have a male mentor and somebody that's in the young man's life whoever that may be, that can be a positive role model that's probably not a family member that's engaging and spending time as a mentor that is talking about these kinds of things. And so we need to make it a safe discussion. And for a kid that is working so hard to keep their lives clean who may already have struggled and have a lot of guilt and shame, where we need to come along and offer them not only forgiveness, but what kind of support do they need?
0: Right. There's so much love in that. If you just joined us today on Life, Love, and Family, what happens when the Facebook account is more important than the real people in life? Tech addiction, maybe it's Instagram with your kids. If you want to connect with Dr. Jantz on this subject on his website, you can do that at aplaceofhope.com.
1: So digital hygiene is our way of just saying, what's my way of living not in extremes? So here's how to know. Good digital hygiene means I don't have a tablet or a phone in in bed, and I'm keeping the screens out of my bedroom. That's part of my digital hygiene. I have certain boundaries about how much time or how much time my family would have, but where we keep things, what's acceptable, what's not some of the digital hygiene might be around a dinner table what's allowed what's not mhm it's really hard that when both parents have their devices on the table and they're going off and the texts are buzzing
0: yeah and
1: yeah. you tell your kid Put that down, we're eating.
0: And you mentioned it, the double standard. Do you see that a lot?
1: We see it, but we don't always realize we're doing it. It's the parent that's walking down the hall at home, and the parent's texting, and they run into the wall. (laughs) The kid who says, you told me never to be texting, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, or you shouldn't be texting and driving. Right, right. So we don't always realize, what are we modeling? I just want us to look at that. The other piece to look at is we know over you, use of technology can create what's being termed digital depression. So I've oversaturated my brain too much time and I'm overstimulated and I get more depressed. It's, it's like the more a person who already is feeling depressed, the more time they spend on social media, the more depressed they become. It never makes them feel better.
0: And that social media, can it apply to anything else? Is that for surfing as well or other things or is it just mostly the social media?
1: What we know is it's been mainly looked at in terms of surveys, so not necessarily a scientific study, right? But the more that I spend online trying to connect with people, okay, it doesn't help me feel any better. You
0: don't get filled up with how you were yeah, trying to, right? Yes, these are some of the
1: things to look at.
0: How, here's a question for you about parenting is is how do you know what you don't know? you know there is a big gap and you mentioned it earlier where you're either born okay. into the country or you're just a visitor yes. and sometimes as parents we're the visitors and there's a lot of stuff you don't know how deep it goes. you know w- what is all that and how do you know what what you don't have any clue about?
1: Here's what I'd like you to to consider okay. if you have kids, they're going to be your greatest place to learn from. So you may want to even try something as creative as tell your kids, you know, once a week, every Thursday night or whenever it is, we're going to have a digital dinner. You go, what's a digital dinner? Well, kids, bring all your devices to the (laughs) dinner table. And this is the one dinner table. We're going to (laughs) violate all the rules. Anything you want to talk about in technology. And I'm going to ask you questions and you show me. And so, no, it's got to be time. Don't spend the next three hours doing this. But learn from them, you know, ask questions like, well, what's the most popular game right now? What are kids playing? And just ask questions. What do you play? What do your friends play? Have you seen some things that concern you? You know, yes. one of our
0: sons is very, very quiet, but he does play video games. And I find that that's the most animated he gets when I ask him about the different yes. games. And it is, it's like common ground where you can have real conversation, get to know someone better, which seems a little sad, but it, if that's what it takes, that's what it takes.
1: And it's all right. So use this as an opportunity to enter their world, which really they'll ultimately go, wow, you know, dad showed some interest right and they're going to be more likely with that level of trust if there is something that happens or to talk to you about what's going on or want to show you something
0: Mm -hmm. now earlier you talked about the craving brain the rewiring brain and are there side effects if you have this kind of a a brain thing going on does it lead to something else later that you're seeing or or do we have to wait for this generation to grow up to see that
1: i think we're beginning to see it and this is the That chemical in the brain, we're dopamine supercharged. Sure. And we're beginning to see, when I say craving brain, they're they're kids that have short attention spans that want to move on to something else. Sometimes it appears to be attention deficit hyperactivity. You've heard that. Mm -hmm. But it's more of what we call acquired attention deficit. You've acquired it by... All the way you're using technology, um, we're going to be seeing more. what We call disconnection anxiety. It's what like is when, that? when I'm disconnected from my technology, I feel anxious. That general, ang- free-floating anxiety. There, we're going to see more of people that are uh, cyber chondriacs. Like every little ailment, they're looking up online, and they believe they have so many because information's right there. Yes, not always correct information, but it's right there. Right. And so a person that's already prone towards a fixation of physical things, it's like, oh, look, this explains this. It's not an ingrown toenail. I have this disease. Right. And you start labeling things and diagnosing. Be careful with that.
0: What things can you do? Like as a as a family, you know, I know we talked about the digital agreement and, and family values, but do you, like, do you have any kind of parameters that you think are appropriate for what age do you start someone on a pad? What age is okay for a smartphone? How much TV should a, a kid watch or computer time should a kid have?
1: I'm going to say, you know, we know zero to two years old, it's basically zero. But we
0: know, too, that there are games
1: that are designed for the low yeah, toddler. Yeah, yeah. And there is even the potty chair that holds an iPad, and so you can put your kid in the potty chair, and there's an iPad to entertain them in the potty chair.
0: That's and just like that. And you're wondering
1: why? <laughs> why do I want to do, do that? Do they have to be on that potty chair for so long? Right, right.
0: <laughs> And it's funny, we started, and you know, I confess too as a mom to a a five-year-old that there have been seasons where it it is, I'm thinking, yeah, do some apps for a little while so I can clean the kitchen. And and there is a lot of mom guilt. The the thing that I wonder about is some of the stuff that she's doing is actually pretty cool. You know, Mm -hmm. learning letters, numbers, reading, things like that. And I go... Is that so bad? There actually are some really cool things that she's learning to do on right. there. How do you bust through, you know, what's appropriate guilt and what's the part where you go, you know, this, this mm-hmm. is helpful.
1: Well, I think, too, we're going to go back to how much time, how am I using it? Am I using technology to avoid other things? Am I trying to avoid a temper tantrum or Right. am I using it really as a babysitter versus having them do certain things they need to be doing? One other area I want to mention today is what we'll call eating disorder type behavior with technology. Really? Kids are learning more and more about comparisons. I can look at somebody else and I feel inferior. And so we're seeing some body image issues. Maybe I'm already struggling with how I feel like I look. And we call it body dysmorphic. Dysmorphic. And that's a a term that describes, I really have distortion in how I see myself. We're living hyper, hyper connected lives. Interesting. So begin to learn more about, well, what's going on for yourself and then make family adjustments. We do this over time. If we do it all, it's like if you've changed nutritionally at home and, you you know, we're cutting down on sugar. Well, we do things gradually and we want to win the trust of our family members. If we just suddenly are very, very abrupt and, and try to control things, they may grow more secretive with it. Technology and digital addiction is real. It creates more and more depression and anxiety. And there's times that we've got to intervene and decide this is something that needs attention. I've got to find balance in my life. There are great resources available. And I want to tell you first about the center, a place of hope, a place of hope specializes in various different areas and has a unique program for internet addiction. Simply visit or call aplaceofhope.com or call one 771 5166 That's 1-888-771-5166. This program is Life, Love and & Family and we have more resources for you at the website lifeloveandfamily.net
0: life, love, and family you know the feeling where you're tired and unmotivated and sometimes you get mad for no reason and maybe you don't like what it's doing to your family or to your job that's why the center for counseling and health resources has been there for people for more than 30 years they take a whole person care approach that'll look at everything from your nutrition your vitamin balances your mind your spirit call 1-888-771-5166 or for help right now visit aplaceofhope.com